Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. particular movie and who's on first and I always well who's on second and who's in the dugout I mean all that crazy fun stuff we're going to find out who's on first tonight in just a moment but before we do that I want you to know that God is among us to answer prayer tonight God's here to answer prayer example two days last week I wasn't with our family on vacation, I stayed behind because of all the prep work for this upcoming school year. It was two heavy days of looking at new standards. How many know that God will take you out of your comfort zone? Okay, maybe somebody. How many know God takes you out of your comfort zone? He really will. And the longer and deeper you want to live in an open heaven, the further he takes you out of your comfort zones. I I remember when I said yes to the Lord, I didn't know how big a yes that was. Is anybody else bear witness to that? I, I didn't know that when I said yes to the Lord and I wasn't living right, that it was going to be bigger than what I said. I thought I was answering the call just to be a minister of the gospel. But God always has a bigger plan than yours. So who's on first tonight? Who's really on first? And we're going to go a little deeper than that and find out who's really on the throne of your heart tonight. So when I said yes, I was thinking it was going to be, you know, local church, ministry somewhere. I didn't know that when I was saying that in the state of Ohio that it was going to take me to Canada, to various places in the United States, at times to other countries on mission trips. And little did I know, this is going somewhere, little did I know that God was going to take a person who couldn't stand school and bring me back to school not only for education purposes, but to actually serve in school. In fact, I thank the Lord that when we were back in Ohio in July for the home going of my brother, I didn't see any of my old classmates. Because if I would have told them that I have been in education for quite a few years and now I'm, I'm actually an administrator as a principal, there could have been major repercussions, like they could have died right there because they know what I was like when I was in school. How many know that your yes is always bigger than what you realize when you say yes to God? This is really going somewhere. I was okay in the classroom as a teacher, very comfortable as a coach in my niche, loved it. And it really wasn't about Though we did our portion of it, it wasn't about winning. It was about winning with young people 
and preparing them for life. Not always on the scoreboard, who's on first and who's on the throne tonight. But when the Lord began to make some changes and asked me to step away from the coaching, that was a hard bullet to swallow. There will be things when you live under an open heaven that you're going to have to make adjustments to, especially if he's on the throne. And so I stepped into administration. This is going somewhere. God's going to take you out of your comfort zone. So when you hear this tonight, we have prefaced it by the power of the Holy Spirit that when you say yes to God and you allow him to be where he should be first and on the throne, it's going to put you out of your comfort zone. This ministry will take you out of your comfort zone. Because if we were to run a poll tonight, there would be at least one person that would say, I have no idea what he meant when he said living under an open heaven. But I would hope you would be honest enough to be able to say, I really don't know what that means to live under an open heaven. Because now you're making progress. When we live in self-deception, we hinder the open heaven. On our way to heaven, but not living under an open heaven. God wants us to live under an open heaven so that you can access what's available to you 24-7. Amen? And so into administration I went. And how many know that's, that can put you in deep water? Think about your arenas, where you are right now. Are you willing to go, any adjustment in my life is good with me, Father, because you are first and you will always be on the throne. Not only in heaven, but while I'm on earth, in my heart, you will be on the throne. That's where the battle is, isn't it? And so when we were told last week that what we were doing on Monday and Tuesday, we were going to bring that back to our faculty and staff, and we were going to lay this all out because it's all changing in education. I'm going over to the beach last Tuesday evening going, God, I don't know. Has anybody ever said, are you sure to the Lord? You're in a relationship with the Lord. What did he just say? I just said through the power of the Holy Spirit, if you've never said, I'm not sure, are you sure? You may not have a relationship with him. Because if you walk with him long enough, you're going to have that moment when you go, are you sure? You sure? When you say those kind of statements, you are in a living, dynamic relationship with a God bigger than you. Because you know we are all prone to become little gods. Ooh, that's scriptural. Ooh. And it's tough to get off the throne, isn't it? Isn't it? Like it's much easier for me just to stay in the classroom because that's jam up and jelly tight. And coaching, I could coach for my very last breath. I could be a Joe Paternal. I don't mean at that level. I just mean coaching to that age. And never leave it. God will take you. If we don't go anywhere else tonight, God is inviting you out of your comfort zones. He's inviting you to step into realms you've never been in before. Even living in the Tri-County area. See, not just Levy County, because some of you don't live in Levy County. Wherever you live, God's going to invite you to come out. I didn't say move, come to new realms. Truly live in the glory of the Lord. 
And so today was our day at our school when all the faculty and staff came in. And I said, are you sure? I've got all this information. I've got it all ready. But Lord, are you sure? And Because I'm really not sure. If whatever you're doing, you're quite capable of doing it, you haven't even touched the glory of the Lord. When, man? When? Why did I just say when? When are we as God's people begin to really grab hold of some dynamic truth that God wants us to really be able, not just to cradle, but to embrace and go, not my will, but your will be done. So I invited Robin, I invited my family to pray for me today because it wasn't going to be an hour of dealing with curriculum. It was going to be all day long with people who live for curriculum. How many of you know that what you're living for, others aren't living for? I'm not just talking about the gospel now. Where you are really good, there are others that are better. And it can put you in some real uncomfortable, am I relating here to anybody? (laughs) So I'm actually removing some scales. Just because I may have the administrator title and I'm a principal, that doesn't mean I am a polished professional. Because I'm finding it hard work. Like this is very normal and very natural. It's one of the higher level of giftings that God's given me. But he's also put me in an arena that there are gifts. I'm talking to you tonight. There are things that you're doing that's very normal and natural. And it's almost like you don't even need the anointing of God because it's just so natural. But God wants you to put wants to put you in situations where you really have to flush yourself out of the way, clear the throne, and let him sit on the throne of your life. So that throughout the day while you're putting things together, you just look up and go, man, God, this is going better than I thought it would. Now you know you're living in the glory of the Lord. That's an old-time hymn, by the way. Living in the glory of the Lord. So several times today, while it was happening, and lead administrators from the district came in, I'm talking about God answers prayer. If you're already drifting, let's drift when we go home tonight. Let's drift and shut off the lights and go to sleep just drifting out. But when you're in the presence of the Lord, when you're in the presence of the anointing of God's Word, don't drift. Really grab everything you can so that you are walking out of here tonight going, as long as He's on the throne of my heart, I can handle any uncomfortable position I'm in. It's okay if God puts me out of my comfort zone because I know who's on first and I know who's on the throne of my heart. Are you there? Father, now tonight for just a few moments as we dive right in to your word, I'm asking that you will bring answers to the hearts of my friends. You didn't call me to preach at people. You called me to live with people and to share the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, and to be real and to be authentic. Now we're asking that you will reveal to all of us tonight that you are first and you deserve the throne of our hearts. And God's people said, if you have your Bibles, you can go with me to Matthew chapter 6. 
and verse 33. In fact, it's so well known that you can probably quote it by heart. You know, it's a dangerous thing to know that there are those seated in heaven who are saying, worthy is the Lamb. But down here, we're not singing the way we ought to be singing. Worthy is the Lamb. Because when He is worthy to be the Lamb that opens up the seal in heaven, come on, I'm trying to connect right now. The service is on Sunday to, to Wednesday night. If heaven declares that He is worthy, then He, by golly, is worthy down here to be on the throne of my heart. We have a lot of dichotomized Christians. That would be Dr. A.W. Tozer, what a man of God he was, who preached upon how the church dichotomizes Christ. They want him as Savior, but they don't want anything to do with his lordship. But he doesn't just want to be our Savior. He wants to be the Lord of our lives. So that when I'm trembling and I'm nervous, standing in front of other educators who may know the curriculum better than I do, I know that together we can get this done. I said together we can get this done. There is no big I in the body of Christ. I know you were thinking of the old other quote. There's no I in team. But see, there's something higher than team, and it's the body of Christ. There's no I in the body of Christ, but the great I am. He is the cornerstone of the church. God's inviting us tonight not only to look at the throne, not only to look who's on first, but he wants us to live in a realm we've never lived before. It's nervous at times. It'll shake up your way of living or your way of thinking. But when you go through it, you'll know that you've been in it because your body kind of shows it, but it's always refreshing to know, you know what? That was the Lord right there. That was the Lord right there. So after everybody left the foundation room this afternoon, the training room, I was the last one out on purpose. You know, the Bible talks a lot about learning how to tarry. Those who learn to tarry pick up the gold, not the rubbish. Oh, come on, church. Those who learn to tarry live out Matthew 6, 33. I love to tarry, so while I was tearing and all the doors had been locked and the lights were out, I just looked up and said, thank you. Could have never done this. But if you don't watch out for that ego who likes to kind of sneak back around the base of the throne in your heart, come on, church. It'll crawl right back up here and go, my goodness, was I ever good today? Boom. Could you just move over a little bit, Jesus? I think I might have at least the armrest today. Let's say together tonight, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Are we ready? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Most of us live upside down, don't we? We live backwards, don't we? We look at that verse, and we want the latter failing to do the former. Tonight, we're going to look at who's on the throne. We're going to look at who really is at first. And I'm not talking about first base. I'm talking about first in areas of your life. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, it says, let's say it together, can we? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Many people refer to mammon as money, but it can be more than just money. 
What a wonderful job I heard that um, was given last night by uh, last Wednesday by Adam. What a great job on finances. And we asked the Lord who should do that Wednesday night, and it was like, let's go this direction again. When the Lord gives direction, walk in the direction. And then on top of that, what a wonderful job the men have been doing, the various men who've been leading every Sunday, every Wednesday in the tithes and offerings. Mm. Example, because I just like to keep it real for you. I don't want you to feel like he just marches in and drops off a loaf of bread and he doesn't even live like we live. So when James was up here tonight and he was just setting the tone that the Holy Spirit could move on, are you a person that does that? Do you set the tone under an open heaven where the Holy Spirit can move in? I just reached over to Robin and said, I know that tomorrow night's pay night for you, but let's go ahead and pay our tithe tonight. Just keeping it real, folks. Just, just keeping it real. Because, see, I don't want the enemy ever to get an upper hand in something that he doesn't have any hands on. Come on, church. No, 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 no. Look, the ministry here has been here since 1991. I've never seen the Lord fail us one time. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or begging bread. Never, ever. Never, ever. So when you hear this, this isn't trying to fine-tune so that somehow you'll release something. Listen, if you haven't put him where he belongs, you can't release anything. So tonight, let's take a look at who's on the throne. I'm only going to give you two pieces of this. Let's take the word first tonight. And what we want to do is take a look at some specific arenas in our lives so that we don't deceive ourselves, okay? We're going to take a look at the letter F tonight. And we want to see what it means for God to be on the throne of our finances, Oh, man, this is two Wednesdays in a row. This will be a snippet off of anything that was given last Wednesday night. But God wants us to know, even if America is struggling financially, there's no struggles in the kingdom. There are no struggles in the kingdom. A couple ideas before we go to God's word underneath finances. Money, like emotions, is something you must control to keep your life on the right track. We've got to manage that. God refers to it as stewardship. The more we steward, the more he can release. I shared with my wife this morning, and I heard, and I don't remember who gave the insight. God only gives seed to sowers. If you're not a sower, God gives you no seed. Come on, church. So when you know how to sow what he puts into your hand, he will give you more that you can sow. And he who loves money loses much. He who loses a friend loses much more. And he who loses faith loses all. So what categories are we going to look at tonight? We're not going to just look at the finances. We're going to look at how finances can affect your friendships. And then your friendships can either strengthen or attack 
your level of faith. You can't hang out with everybody and go forward. And I'm not talking about this ministry's name. I'm talking about forward in Christ. You have got to be selective with who you walk with. You can associate and minister to the masses, but when you talk about a walk, you're talking about a different thing. So you need to be real guarded and selective in regards to stewardship of finances, stewardship of friends, and then your stewardship of your own personal faith. God says, I want you to steward that. I bring these people into your life. You aren't to micromanage. You aren't to manipulate. And you aren't to, the, to control them. But you're there to ser- serve them. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 5 and verse 10. Let's dig in for a few moments. And I may only cover the first piece tonight. Okay? It's not the length. It's the depth for me. In fact... I don't want to set long if there's no depth to whatever's going on. I want depth. I want depth. I want to drill down. I want to unpackage. I want things rolled out. I want some understanding. It may only be a few moments, but when I walk out of something, I want to be able to say, I have some information. I've got some knowledge that God has deposited in my life. Now, Holy Spirit, do something with what you've put inside me. In Ecclesiastes 5.10, it says, Whoever loves money never has money enough. And whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. This, too, is meaningless. And the Spirit of the Lord gave this to me, and I just want to pass it on. It's so simple. It's so basic that you might miss it. Money is not your answer. Man, if I just had more money. Well, if you're not budgeting and managing what you have, more is going to go faster than what you had. Come on, church. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 20, Peter answered, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. Good news for you. And all of us have technology. All of us have technology. You know they're out there a dime a dozen men and women who go after what you have and tell you as a result there's gifts in line for you because you've given something to the ministry. Here's the thing tonight. Are you ready? You can't buy spiritual gifts. You cannot buy spiritual gifts. You can't buy them. We were talking a little bit about gifts on Sunday. Worthy is the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. There are God's put gifts inside of you. Let me break away for a moment. And this is the only part we'll cover tonight. Just the, the, the F part of who's at first, who's on first. Last year, during second semester, I made two discoveries with the help of the Holy Spirit. One, our skilled certified teachers were not using their gifts. They were just managing labs. You know what happens when you don't use gifts? They get rusty. One church. Second discovery is I saw students who were struggling at the computer because they needed a teacher. And so I went to the district and I said, what's the possibility of having a blended model? 
No credit here. I think it came from an open heaven. If we can keep our hands off of it, you'll be amazed how your garden will grow. And I said, what we've got to do is have a blended model. We need both computer and certified teachers in classrooms working with students. What are you talking about education for, Pastor? We didn't come here tonight for that. No, I'm talking about what are your gifts? God has gifted you and given you talents. What are you doing with them? What you do with gifts and talents reflects who's on first and who's on the throne. And someday in the near future, I have a sneaking suspicion, either from the leadership or someone, God's going to bring forth the importance of knowing your gifts. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, that they operate in you. Nothing fires me up more than to know that God has given me gifts of the Holy Spirit. Where are your gifts tonight? What are you doing with your gifts? Oh, by the way, you can't buy and sell your gifts. Let's move on. You can't buy spiritual gifts. You can't run to a front of any ministry and throw in whatever you feel like you need to put in so that you can receive a healing. Healing is yours. He bought it all. Deliverance is yours. You don't have to pay anybody anything. It's all paid for. Let's move. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. These are the last two verses for this evening. I want you to, we're in the fourth quarter for tonight. True athletes come out in the fourth quarter. They know game's on the line, I'm playing. The fourth quarter belongs to us. We're in the fourth quarter of tonight's ministry time around God's word, make sure you get what God's asking of you tonight. It could be specific comfort zone. It could be the giftings that God's given to you. He's putting his finger on that for some reason. The talents, what are you doing with the talents that got, that came from James earlier through the Holy Spirit? Tonight, who's on first? What are you doing with your finances? Are we like the little boy or the little children who were playing marbles and they brought the marbles and the marble game didn't go right? And so what they did is they collected all their marbles, put it back in the bag, and they went home with their marbles. Is that what we do? I'm in until you show me that it's not working out for me the way I planned it, and now I'm taking my marbles, talking about finances, and I'm done. God never said done. God said it was finished. You dwell on that. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith. That enough should, it rocks my boat. The love for it, the eagerness to get more of it can cause me to wander from faith-filled friends, the Holy Spirit's here, to where I begin looking for new friends. When you start wandering, all of a sudden, you're picking up people that wasn't on your radar. Let's finish it. Have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. See what money can do? Here's the principle from that passage with one verse to go. False loves will cause you to wonder. 
not just in money realm, false love will cause you to wonder. It's too late this evening for me to give personal examples of the proof and the truth of that principle. Be real careful who you run with. What they carry could become yours. You need to be real careful who you run with because you don't know what's inside that person and if you run long enough with them, all of a sudden, you start acting just like they do. Hearken to the word of the Lord tonight. Last verse is Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So here's a hidden nugget, and then I'll give you the principle the Lord gave to me. Money could leave, but he won't. Paul knew how to abound, and he knew how to be abased, but in all these things, the apostle Paul was content. Are you content tonight? Not satisfied, but are you content in the Lord? Knowing that he's on the throne, he also is first in your life, you're about his kingdom, you see open heavens. Not only do you live under an open heaven, but you see an open heaven. Bill Johnson refers to it as portals. You can live under a portal. I'm asking God to create portals in this room that over here people are being healed. Over here, answers to prayer are taking place. Back there, individuals are being set free. Barriers and bondages are being broken. Over here, God's just bringing in financial prosperity. Portals of heaven opened up. I'm not waiting to go home to see what's up there. I'm living down here with expectation that I can tap into it while I'm here. Come on, church. So out of that passage of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, God is inviting us to be content. Just be content. Don't tell me where your priorities are. Show me where you spend your money, and I'll tell you who you are. Amen? I want to close out with this verse tonight. It's a verse that we all know. The same man who said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Listen to what he also said in John 3 and verse 30. Are you ready? This is what he said. Are you ready? He said this. Are you ready? I must decrease and he must increase. There's no need for me to get haughty about today and all of those standards that we unpacked and rolled out. There's no need for me to become arrogant because I had a good day because tomorrow's coming. See, every one of you carry stories and illustrations just like I do. It just happens to be that tonight God has me in a place of leadership where I can break the bread as we close this evening out of some practical illustrations to let you know God answers prayer. God answers prayer. There was a family that was here Sunday morning I received a text from this afternoon 
And they said, I said, God answers prayer. And they said, will you please pray for our son? There's an injury going on right now in regards to football. And we're believing God in this way that he's going to be one of the main players for this particular team. Will you pray? I responded with a text in prayer. Not, yes, I'll be glad to. No, I just went right to, because we live under an open heaven. He's on the throne in heaven. There's no issue there. Is he on the throne here? And because he's on the throne here, then I'm going to go ahead and text a prayer right back to that individual that was here. That's huge. That's huge. Get ready to release the gifts that God has in you to those around you. As you're traveling, some of you are going to be out of town and out of state. Some of you are going to be in other areas between now and Sunday. Some of us will be right back at our regular station. Be ready. Be prepared. God's going to be sending individuals your way, my way, for us to release gifts and talents. There could be a word from the Lord that he'll give to you for that person. But, 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 but I've never done that before. God is inviting you to come on out of your comfort zone. God's inviting you to try something new. Since he's on the throne and since he's first in your life and you're about his kingdom, go ahead and step out where you've never been before. Step into an arena that was built for you when you said yes. When the anointing of the Lord is present, I can just keep going and going and going and going. And I don't need to have a battery check because I know the anointing of the Lord. There are arenas that God has (coughs) decided before you and I ever arrived here that we were to walk in. Our yes is bigger than we realize. God's inviting you to show to a lost and dying world Who's on the throne tonight? And secondly, who's on first in your life? Now, here's going to be the key. You ready? And with this, we close. How many of you are emotional creatures? I mean, you... I'm just checking to make sure. We don't have any robots in here. Okay? Nobody's computer programmed. We all have emotions, right? They are the most deceitful, dishonest, unworthy traits to follow. I said, you have to listen to all of that. You cannot trust your emotions. You cannot put confidence in your emotions because they will give you a false reading. They'll tell you you shouldn't be there. Who said you can do that? You don't walk by your emotions and your intellect. You walk by the Spirit of God. And He dwells within every one of you in this room tonight. So tonight, let's make a closeout declaration. Can we do that? Heavenly Father, I thank you that on the throne of my heart is the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you. I dwell under an open heaven. You are first in every area of my life. Thank you. Let's bow our heads. 
Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church Online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at www.myforwardchurch.org. There, you'll find online giving, church events, and so much more. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church. If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences. Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week.